How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Filer, and I am joined today by the man himself, Mr. Professor Park. How are you, Matthew? I am awesome, Jamie. How are you doing this fine and fantastic morning? I'm doing really well, really well. Excited to dive into our uh, topic of the day, which is all about calls to action, because it is something that has come up quite a bit, especially with a lot of our trainers trying to build up their social media um, or any trainer out there actually trying to build up their social media. The call to action is is all but essential uh, to helping you build your business, gather information. You know, I'll, I'm going to let you dive into it. So, Matthew, what is a call to action? Awesome stuff there, Jamie. So a call to action basically is when you ask, uh, obviously, in your marketing endeavors, whether it is social media, an email, or something of other endeavor in your marketing efforts, something to obviously for that person to act on, whether it's going to be a consult call, a comment on a post, download the free ebook, you know, opt into the, you know, whatever you're offering on whatever you want, basically, at the end of the day. Perfect. And why do we need calls to action? Great question. The reason being is because obviously when you're out there working to market yourself or adding value to the marketplace, posting, sharing, doing reels, all that goodness, you're obviously you're also obviously inspiring and motivating your audience. You're doing something of action, right? So obviously it's a marketing approach, even if you're sharing a picture about whatever you're doing. The call to action is to initiate on when you inspire that person, right? So whether it's going to be your whole goal basically is to, again, get them to act on something obviously from what you've inspired them on. And it can be an endeavor where you collect a lead or not collect a lead or just have them engage in your post in general. Like you, Jamie, saw it with you and Katie. We have, you know, have them commenting on a post or tag a friend. Sure. Yes, that is an excellent way of, um, we'll call it mobilizing, right? We mobilize your audience. You're like the general of an army and they're all waiting to hear what you have to say. But unless you give them a direction or instruction, they'll only ever just be listening to you. Right. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, so Matthew, I want to talk about uh, the first question I have how frequently to use a call to action. Okay. Frequency, obviously, I would say the frequency obviously should be almost every post you do, but you want to have a variety in your approach. You can't just always say book a call. Like, you obviously, if you want, it's totally up to you, but you want a variety of your posts. It could be go to your bio link, it could be comment below, it could be tag a friend download the free, you know, cheat you, whatever basically you're offering. But I would definitely say as much as you can, most of the time have some kind of call to action in your, in your stuff. How frequently do you rotate? Because often a call to action can be an ask, right? Instead of just a comment or so how, how frequently do we do an ask call to action? Define ask. Do you mean like an ask to like generate a lead or? Yeah. So I would say we, okay. So pretty much everyone listening here is a personal trainer, right? So sure. We can do tag a friend. We can do comment below, but we can also DM to work with me, click link in bio to book a compatibility call, download my ebook. Those consciously or subconsciously, everyone knows this relates back to your business rather than them. So how, 
how frequently do we do like, hey, come into my ecosystem? If you're doing five posts a week, I would say probably four out of five um, would be obviously good. Again, you probably want to alter your ask, though. If you've got two different asks, your ask could be, again, book a call. It could also be, you know, download our free checklist or, you know, subscribe to this Facebook group that you obviously have in the intern. So mm -hmm. I would say try to modify it. You, you can also vary your terminology used in your text and copy as well. What is an example of varying the terminology? Well, for example, obviously, you know, if we're talking to a professional right now in fitness right now, who's focusing on moms, generating moms, and obviously they're, they're using a consult lead gen, you might say, obviously, if you're, if you're a mom right now who's struggling with, you know, losing those that extra few pounds after post-pregnancy, you know, book a call with me in the, in the link, link above or link below to obviously we'll go deeper on the conversation. It could also be like, hey, just as simple as if you want to learn more, mom's out there, book, book in the link above right? Okay. So you almost yeah. modify how you use terminology. You could speak to your user C language into the context, keep it shorter, do it longer, or have it literally in the actual post itself, like in between, maybe in the middle of it, as opposed to the end of it too. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Um, now you mentioned in your blog post, which is what this, um, podcast is based around that. It's really important to have a solid follow-up after, because if, your system, let's say, for example, isn't automated. You're not using the TRM engine and you say, download my ebook, but you're sending it out manually because you don't have systems in place. You have to make sure that that call to action is something you're comfortable with. And you make sure that you're checking your email, maybe first thing every single morning, because if 10 people downloaded it overnight, but never received it, because you were sleeping, you have to take care of that stuff. So guys, be very careful. If you don't have a foolproof system set up yet for automation, exactly what you're using for your call to action. I got a question for you, Jamie. So yeah. I believe your call to action, I think you have a couple, right? I do. Yeah. What are you? Yeah. So I have um, click link in bio to book a call, click link in bio to tell me about yourself. Uh, often I will use like, um, comments, uh, oh my gosh, I'm struggling with this, right? Always four words, um, in the comment section below. Um, I have not done an ask for downloading my ebook, um, because I really want to connect with the people who are downloading it. So those I would rather have, um, like a sell by chat in the DMS, but booking a call is probably the primary one. I love that. What do you find probably is your most popular one? Different ones. Um, now, I want to talk about, again, some of the examples that you gave for downloads and mm -hmm. other ways to acquire people's first name, last name, email, and phone number. How do you know whether it's the fat loss ebook or the mindset cheat sheet or the nutrition ninja nutrition protocols that's right for you and your audience? It's all going to come down to your perfect client. So obviously, if your perfect client is a professional woman who is maybe you know in in a legal or corporate or accounting profession, you're targeting that kind of female. Maybe you want to have something a little, little bit more dialed or detailed because, of course, they're going to look at all the facts and the, you know all that higher end stuff. Sure. So maybe it's a cheat sheet on you know in industry information about why fitness and why you know nutrition is so important for productivity in the workplace and sh sharing a, a stat in there about that followed by some value in there that, that kind of hits your audience, right? Yeah. If you look more like a, a mom, they probably maybe are looking more so for the facts. They're looking more for like, um, excuse my kids in the background, by the way, Jimmy, you hear them in the back. 
um, looking more in the angle of like showing a transformation picture of your past success story and inspiring that woman in there and to talk more about an actual case study as well, right? So you want to look at what does your audience actually want? What yeah. connects with them? What will they actually consume? And of course, it also comes with testing as well too. Maybe you test three different things and yeah. find the best thing for your audience as well. So it's interesting. You mentioned <clears throat> providing value, giving facts and figures, right? I think one of the reasons that a lot of trainers feel salesy or snaky putting a call to action at the end of their post is because they genuinely don't believe that they delivered any value, right? And so it feels incongruent to ask for something. In that case, my suggestion to them, and Matthew, I would love your take on this as well, is just deliver more value. If you feel weird asking for something in return, it means that you didn't give enough in the first place. That's what that means, that you feel like you're selling because you're not helping. That's why. What do you think? You're 100% correct. Totally. I think the big thing too is if you built your content pillars with you, oh, Jimmy, obviously our clients, when they come into TRM, they build their content pillars with you in TRM. Once you've built those pillars out and you have your 30 headlines for your avatar, that's going to give you a lot of meat on the bone of what kind of value you want to provide to your ideal client, you know, in your lead gen or call to action you want to provide your clients. So obviously, if you got that meat built out, you can maybe pull out whatever makes the most sense and then keep delivering more value, more value, education-based fact figure, transformational-based material yeah. to, you know, again, use a variety of approaches with those call to actions in there as well, too. I remember one of the most profound TRM elite calls I was ever on. Um, Aaron from Seven Mile Media broke down essentially the anatomy of a caption. And what he did, and guys, if you've got nothing else from the last 10 minutes of conversation, start writing now. The first one or two lines of your Instagram or your Facebook post is the pattern disrupt, right? We want to say something <clears throat> that captures their attention. Something like, I never talk about this publicly, but are you somebody who, I remember the biggest struggle I've ever had was, right? So we want to get people to stop what they're doing, think that they're getting this insane, wild, tabloid style information, okay? Pattern disrupt first. Paragraph is the body. This is the value add, the education, the entertainment, the inspiration, the motivation, right? Could be one, two, three paragraphs, however much. It could be a list, right? Top three things I do to decrease my anxiety, okay? Breathing, gratitude, meditation. Cool. Then we've got the USP. I help the LGBT community who struggles with anxiety uh, overcome it in order to increase their confidence through fitness. And then finally, the call to action. If this speaks to you, click the link in my bio to book a call. I'm always taking on new clients. And that is the anatomy of a perfect post, right? Go ahead. When you've done that, how much did it affect your business afterwards? Everything. It is, it is essentially my business, right? That, that's the truth. Because even with the advent of reels and being able to tell a story and videos, um, it's still very hard to capture exactly the three things I do to decrease anxiety and give a full explanation of it in order to provide value in a reel that's, that's 14 seconds long. So the anatomy of a caption has really made such a difference in being able to truly serve my community with as much information as I can 
being limited by a certain number of characters. I love that. That is that is absolutely brilliant. It's almost kind of cool because you broke down four layers of that, which is very cool, which really comes down to that, almost the anatomy of how you build your content, which again, yeah. can be social media, it can be email, it can be any form of marketing that you're doing, but it comes into, that's a beautiful analogy. I love that, Jamie. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I thought I thought it was important for people to know that calls to action are great, but especially if you're just starting out in the industry and you're just figuring out who your target market is and your ideal audience is, that one-two punch of the USP plus the call to action is really important, right? If you fit this description, then you may book a call. Oh my gosh, that is so bang on. Funny you mentioned that because I was actually looking at a, some new members actually came in TRM recently, kind of their social media before they even you know joined TRM. And it's funny, you know, because I've seen all these people posting reels. Again, great, great coaches, very educated coaches, great people. But there's absolutely, you know, there's, there's these reels getting all these views, you know, get and there's like a one-liner in the context spot with no call to action. And I'm like, that's awesome. So if you've got 30,000 views on your reel, but nobody booking a call because if there's no call to action, it's almost like, what's the purpose? I'll be blunt. What's the purpose? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that being said, of course, it's still okay to just do an entertaining post, right? Like Katie and I being cute does not necessarily warrant a call to action. It gets more people getting more views at which point my next post will probably be something hard hitting about fitness and anxiety. So I definitely agree with you, Matthew, but I, I also want to reassure people that entertainment does have its place in in social media for sure a great example actually is our dear friend and trm leader is ross and emily uh, emily bt yeah. uh, strong af coaching right yep. they have entertainment mixed into their into their tiktok right the call okay. to action of, go, of course going to their link and as you obviously you know because he's a good friend of ours and in the, in the yep. group so yep. oh emily is is not shy about the fact that uh tiktok dances you know are, are what made her blow up in the first place um, so yeah, that's totally okay. I also want to discuss with you, Matthew, something you wrote in your blog post. You said, don't book out more than 10 days in advance. If you're going to do a call to action, that's, Hey, click link in bio to book a compatibility call, block out your calendar past 10 days. Why is that? Because the thing is, obviously when you have a warm prospect that obviously, whether you're going to have a book, a call, book, a call obviously is the most obvious one here. If I thought, I thought it's funny because when I first didn't do that about a couple of years back, uh, people were booking with me like in a month from now and I'm like, they weren't even showing up. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, yeah. you want to make sure obviously that time frame is like either seven or 10 days max in your calendar. Cause obviously if they're going to book a consultation, you want them when they're reasonably warm and already kind of like see, you know, obviously you're seeing the process. And of course mm -hmm. the nice thing about that is when you, when they go into your CRM system, like a tier engine, for example, and they're getting all these drips of follow-up in there up until the call. Now they're being nurtured the proper way before they come on a call with you. Yep. Or a Zoom call with you. It could be information about your, you know, you as a coach, testimonial stories, some value add in there. Even if they get three pieces of content before they come on, on a call, that could be gold. Absolutely. So I love that you mentioned drips of follow-up. For those of you who aren't quite sure what drips of follow-up means, it's that as soon as you go to Matthew's booking link and you've picked uh, Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Matthew's automated system sends you an email and a DM right away that confirms it, right? Same way, you know, when you purchase something from Amazon or Expedia, you get an immediate email, you know, obviously thanking you for your purchase. This is not only a customer service thing, but it's also a blatant reminder. You have an appointment, right? Dentist, doctor gives you an appointment card. 
gets lost, right? How many times have I had to cancel my dentist appointment at the last minute? I get one reminder call 24 hours out. I've already booked over it, right? But if you have drips of follow-up a week before, 24 hours before, 12 hours, one hour, you are not letting this person off the hook. It is so true. And actually, the cool part about that too, Jamie, is we almost have two forms of follow-up in there, right? So I'll give you an example. So obviously, if they book a call with you, for example, you know, to go on a sales call with you, you know, let's say, for example, I go up to a call with you and our call's in five days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you probably might, might drip me anywhere from probably three to four to five pieces of it, whether it's reminders, texts, emails, and, you know, value. Right. We have a call. It was an amazing call. You know, usually you close, you know, you're a pretty good closer. So say, for example, that one out of 50 people didn't close. Yep. There obviously will be like follow up after the call, even worse. So you almost got two layers in here where like, you're almost, you're protecting your call to action with, you know, all this extra value in there to nurture those. Obviously maybe you don't, you're like this close to closing, but they a little bit more value in there and boom, that's in the back end on that second form. Brilliant. Brilliant. And again, guys, ideally you have a system, an automated system in place that takes care of those actions, like sending out follow-up emails and reminder text messages. If not, you have to do a very good job of staying on top of what stage of opportunity the prospect is in. So Matthew, that was actually my last question for you, because you mentioned that again, when you narrowed that window where they were able to book a time, um, the follow the follow through rate on their part was better, which goes into measuring metrics. So how can we measure metrics? What do you do to see, you know, how many people took action on the call to action? How many people showed up for the call, booked a call? How many people showed up, closed follow up? You bet. So basically, I'll, I'll use the most obvious one, obviously, with a book a call to start there. So say, for example, there is a book a call link in your bio, which most of us in here obviously have that link. Mm-hmm. And let's say, for example, you put out three posts a week that are content pillar posts, and you're driving call to actions to go to book a call with you in the link above, right? Let's say that, you know, out of the week, out of your three posts, you had, you had you know, 10 leads generated from that post, which is great. Yep. 10 leads a week, boom. But the way we kind of have it is basically when you collect a lead on the, on the on the link, you're typically collecting the information first, which means name, email, phone number, and then, for example, like what's your fitness goal, submit before you book the call. Because some people actually won't book a call first off. They'll actually want to get some nurturing first. Some will, some won't. Yeah. That first phase is like, let's say 10 leads come in but only five book a call with you on the second tier of the, of the actual funnel. Yeah. And then we know that 10 leads, that's the first step, five calls booked out of five calls booked. If your follow-up and obviously nurturing is pretty on point from call booked to call, having the call and your, maybe your show up rate is 75%. That's pretty good by the way, guys. Oh, yeah. um, then boom, all of a sudden you've got four actual people showing up. One didn't show. That's how we kind of measure. And obviously as you get better, maybe you, you look to improve, um, what you're doing in between lead, like collecting the lead to the call. Maybe you have better follow-up in there to go from 10 leads to seven calls, right? And then improve conversion from there. So we kind of like measure those small metrics to find out small tweaks in the process. And a 10 or 20%, even 10% improvement from, you know, from going to book call could be huge for you. That could mean a thousand to $2,000 more a month in your business model, or even more than that, just by making that one small change in your metric. Totally. Totally. And I think, again, like you said, Matthew, it's so important to see every single stage uh, and what numbers are coming through. You know, it starts with as simple as if you do a call to action that's download my ebook versus a call to action that's book a call, 
20 people download your ebook to book a call, ah, we might want to focus more heavily on people downloading your ebook and nurturing them, you know, messaging all coming up with a follow-up campaign for the 20 people saying, what did you think? What tools have you used? What did you learn? Uh, do you want to book a call to talk about it? Are you interested in my training? Right. Instead of just, oh, two people booked a call. My audience is introverted. My audience doesn't want to hop on a call. They want the more non-threatening, right? The non-aggressive call to action. That is spot on, Jamie. Um, all right. That was actually the last question I had for you, Matthew. Is there anything you want to say about calls to action, measuring metrics, frequency, copy, anything? Yeah, I would say that when you're looking at obviously which one you want to pick, and I think most on this call who are obviously watching in the TRM group or you aren't in, in TRM, you know, vice versa, right? The yeah. most obvious one is get a, a booking call link at the minimum, at least, at least start there for the first few months or three months and start with that first call to action. And as you grow your business, then maybe you have uh, downloaded your checklist or you've got a free 21 day arm blasting workout plan because you're focusing on bodybuilders, whatever. The whole thing is start with the one, get the one going, get some momentum first off. And for example, you start there for the first three months on from maybe in quarter two or the next three months after you add in a cheat sheet mm -hmm. or downloadable product. And then you build from there. And of course, as you build those call to action assets, right? You can obviously have multiple layers and call to action that maybe down the road, even offer you offer a free book for, or you offer a book for $10 even at the end. So it can be multiple layers, but if you're looking to just get something going, book a call first or a consultation is where you want to start. Yep. I could not agree more. Um, all right. So I'm trying to think, is there anything else you want to discuss? I think there's one more thing I was going to mention, actually kind of go yes, back please. to the notes on this, Jamie is when you book a call process, I'm making my notes here on my, I had some notes on my screen here, is when they go on the call, um, I think the biggest thing is, okay, so right now, if you're using JotForm, which is fine as well, guys, and you aren't using actually a CRM, which is a very common thing we found with most of our trainers, is, okay, say you have a JotForm right now or a Typeform, right? And say, say the lead comes in and goes into that system, which is which is fine. Just make sure you get those leads into your spreadsheet, your database afterwards, because you could be, say for example, your .form account, whatever is lost, whatever, all of a sudden you might lose a hundred and some leads because you didn't get those leads over to your own spreadsheet. So if you can try to get an automational sequence where it's like the form drives directly into a spreadsheet or directly into your CRM, which obviously says what we have the, we have the TRM engine right now with, with our, right now with our process, which is a, does all automatically for you, but you're trying to build your CRM, which actually is your contact asset um, over time of clients or old prospects or old clients or just people in general that follow, know, like, and trust you. And as you build from 100 to 500 to 1,000 or more people on that list, if social media closed down tomorrow, you'd be fine because you'd have, you know, all these people in your CRM you can keep nurturing on because of all the things you were doing on the back end to make this happen over here. You would own it, right? Yeah, you'd own it. Yep. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I was trying to think if there's something that I was going to say. Oh yeah. I know that with job form and type form, you can download the Excel spreadsheet version. And I, I recommend to a lot of our clients in TRM who don't have the engine set up yet is every Sunday night, just download from there. Right. That's it. And then you could also end up putting them in your, you know, if you have MailChimp that you use or constant contact for your newsletter, Subsequently move, you know, every Sunday night, move your database again, update your database in, in MailChimp 
uh, to whoever a new lead that came into your ecosystem was. I love that. That's fantastic, Jamie. And obviously with that amazing advice there, it's probably one last thing I would mention there is if you are doing that, which is beautiful, um, if a lead comes in jot form, have some kind of automation form form of follow-up in there. Try not to go too manual on you because obviously if you, a lead comes in and they're 20, 12 hours getting, you know, you get back to them, you might lose that phone call right away, correct? Yep. Oh, 100%. Yep. Uh, what I what I tell people to do is, you know how there's typically a thank you for your submission. We'll get back to you in 24 hours, right? You can customize that on JotForm or Typeform. So I tell our TRM people, put your Calendly link on the thank you page. So it's not just, okay, fill out your information. Cool. I'll be in touch. It's no. Thanks for your info. Now part two is booking a call with me. Jamie, spot on. Awesome. Matthew, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your expertise. As always, it is invaluable, sir. Well, Jamie, you brought a lot of gold bombs today as well. So I really appreciate you sharing all the nuggets from your end. <laughs> hey, the pleasure is mine. And to those of you listening, watching live, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for tuning into the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show. Don't forget, we are on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Please make sure to rate us, review us. If you liked what you saw, we'd also love a share on Instagram or Facebook. Spread the love, spread the wealth. And until next time, thank you all so much for being here. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you for listening to the Train Revenue Multiplier show. If you love today's episode, head on over to Train Revenue Multiplier on the iTunes and Spotify and subscribe to the show today. Take a screenshot with your phone of this episode and share on your social media and let us know any questions you may have, things you enjoyed about the show or things you want to see more of coming down the pipeline and tag us at Train Revenue Multiplier on your social media. And if you are looking for more real money making business building things to help you grow to the next level in your business, have your more income and have you working smarter and harder in your business, then head on over to trmshow.com to book your free 30-minute business building call today. We look forward to hearing from you, serving you, and of course, delivering more impact for your business. Have a great day. Take care. Let's keep growing.